0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Desolation Sounds podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do within the world of of music, be that rock, punk, metal or even extreme metal. Coming up on this week's show, we actually have some news this week. We've got some news from Slipknot and Palm Reader, new music from Pine and Condra's fucking Curse These Metal Hands collaborative thing, um, with some new album announcements from Baby Metal and Mayhem, two bands, so... Like intrinsically linked obviously album reviews this week come from Borders, Northlane and Thy Art as Murder and The Open Mic Night is the debut album from Dillinger Escape Plan playing Infinity <clears throat> excuse me but as ever we will start with the news and Slipknot their new album We Are Not Your Kind is set to BATTER like very very satisfyingly BATTER Ed Sheeran off of the UK and US number one split slot in the charts. Um, from what I've read Slipknot currently leading by 13,000 sales Slipknot have more physical copies and digital downloads while Mr. Sheeran is doing better with streaming so hooray for him, his fans are plastic. Um, this is proper good news isn't it because I think Slipknot are probably the biggest modern metal band. Um, like if you want to talk about grand scheme of things, there's always an argument between Metallica and Iron Maiden. It's Metallica. Um, but in terms of like modern metal output, I don't think there's anyone who can hold a candle to Slipknot, I don't think. And to see them chart-topping in any era, really, let alone today's age, is super good news, and it's really, really cool to see. And, yeah, no, nothing on, from here at least, nothing for uh, We Are Not Your Kind yet. It is on my to-do list for next week, so hopefully next week, well, you should next week have a review of We Are Not Your Kind. Um, the other bit of news, slightly smaller, um, it was just a picture I saw up on Twitter yesterday, day before, sometime this week. Um, Palm Reader, the, why did I sound, did I go through puberty saying that? Palm Reader, uh, the UK very, very abrasive melodic hardcore, post hardcore, just fucking kick you in the dick hardcore. Um they have posted a picture up on their Twitter it's basically saying twenty twenty PR four, which to me says that they are in the studio for album number four, scheduled for next week next year. You see how I did like some math there? I'm fucking great at this. Um, It will be the sequel to Braille, which came out in 2018, which was also fucking incredible. I really, really liked Braille. Um, I think it definitely finished top ten. It might have even finished top five of my albums of the year, that year. Um, So yeah, definitely looking forward to some more music from Palm Reader. A very, very underrated and much missed album. A hardcore act and i want mean, to say miss i don't mean like oh they've been gone for so long because they've been gone for a year so far they just get so overlooked and just so literally missed by a lot of mainstream even like mainstream alternative uh, music outlets but with braille they got a lot of accolade a lot of recognition and a lot of spotlight so hopefully that will long continue because they fucking deserve it they are really really great uh, new music there is a new song from the Curseys Metal Hands project featuring Pine and Condra. the really interesting project that i found out literally about 20 minutes ago came from an arc tangent idea i think the organizer for that said that i want like different artists to like collaborate together pine and Condra did this and they've gone for a whole album ep for it the al- the song is called uh, Endeavor, and the album's coming out the 16th of August, which is this Friday. It is, how exciting. I purposely, this is where I'm kind of a shit, I purposely have not listened to this yet. I have I pre-ordered it, and it's, it's not in this way because it's not the 16th yet, but I'm waiting to be able to take it all in, in one fell swoop, Um, and so, yeah, the... Reviews I've heard for it so far, they've described it as Queen with Screaming, There's been, which is just fucking great. There's a lot of comparisons to Baroness as well. That last uh, scene of release from it, which I cannot remember the name of. A lot, even though my limited knowledge of Pine and of Baroness, there was definitely between them. Between Bar- um, Baron- <laughs> Pine and Condra. That first single had it screamed a lot of baroness to me, and my again limited knowledge. So check it out. It's coming. The whole thing's coming out this Friday, anyways, and it's scheduled to be rather darn good. In terms of new albums, we have a couple of albums actually, and like I said at the top of the show, very very like opposite ends of the scale. We've got black metal icons Mayhem with their new album Diamond. Uh, it's coming out. Or Daemon? Daemon? I always think when there's an A in X, it, it's D-A-E-M-O-N. You, you need to emphasise the D, but who knows? If I'm from the South, what do we know? Um, the album's called Daemon, maybe. It's coming out the 25th of October. I couldn't see any uh, lead single to go along with it. They've got the track listing and the album artwork out there. The artwork looks insane. It looks really, really nice um so go and check that out it's i believe it's back with the tiller i feel like he left for a while or i might be about eight years out of the loop mayhem always been that every single black metal or every single heavy metal stereotype that's ever existed about like churches we all believe in satan um we all wear black yada 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 all have come from mayhem so they've accidentally become a huge icon and just heavy metal in general so praise be that's coming out tail end of October and Baby Metal also have a new album out, they finally confirmed details the album's going to be called Metal Galaxy and that's coming out the 11th of October and it's going to feature appearances from Alyssa White-Gluz from Arch Enemy, uh, Joaquin Broden from Sabaton and Tim Henson and Scott LePage LePage, Lepage from Polyphia, so a really eclectic um, mixture of talent in with babe mel they've also <clears throat> excuse me in with babe mel they've also got some eastern performance on there as well which I wasn't like too familiar with they are i'm liking like the um the collaborations babe mel doing like last album they had a lot of collaborations with dragon force and i thought that really really like it worked really well for me the shred along with like but they kind of shred that um, Sam Topman and Herman Lee do work really well. Because it's very high-end, high, high end, very, like, video gamey kind of thing. To go with the synths from Baby Metal, worked just super well. So I'm very, very excited to see this. I loved, loved the last Baby Metal album. Um, it was Metal Resistance. I just thought it was fucking superb. And I would happy to listen to it again and again and again. Um, so, yeah, I am very excited. I don't know... I know they've released, like, two or three songs over the last year or so um, I don't know if they're going to be part of the album as of yet I only found out about it like five minutes ago and I also I feel like I've read some that they have replaced was it Sue Metal Sue Metal that left I feel like they have replaced it there's a lot of promo pictures of them as a three again where they were adamant there was just going to be two but I, I, don't, I don't know I, I, I don't... these darn metal bands and their dramas Um, But yeah, that's coming out the 11th of October, and it's called Metal Galaxy from our fair Baby Metal. Right then, on to album reviews, and we're going to start local, which makes them easily the best band ever, because they're from Lincoln. Um, It is a debut album from the band Borders, and the album's called Purify, and they play sort of like a gent inspired rapcore kind of thing, and the rapcore kind of threw me off guard, which I'll talk about more in a second borders i've come to realize i've seen more than i have seen most other artists that's part and parcel of the fact that i am very new to the live music game but i saw them support skin dread with Aaron cannon and the cult classics back in november which i'm pretty certain was the very first episode of Destination sounds that i ever did because i remember Aaron cannon getting in touch um and having a quick conversation with him. He's a lovely chap. And then I saw Borders their album release party would deliver Deliverer and The Human Veil back in May, which was a huge amount of fun. I had worries because all all the live shows I would seen have been in the live venue you have across the road, which just trying to think what kind of attendance that'd be. Yeah, probably about 700 maybe it's not big it's probably even smaller than that actually i've got no depth perception or size perception um but i've always seen live music in like a big area so to speak not stadium but like you know i'm fucking it up but you know exactly what i'm talking about hopefully when borders played their album show it was the top floor of an uh, is it a nightclub liquor top floor of a club we'll go with um and it was quite a small area probably cap at about two three hundred a push so i was really worried that they were like might struggle to get a decent show going um they were fucking i was fucking wrong they crammed that tiny little venue full of energy um vocalist jj oliphant said that like at the start of the start of his set well their set sorry he said that he was feeling better under the weather. He's got problems with his throat. So he might not sound up to par. Because this was they the last stop on their tour. And they'd played a couple of shows previously. Like, yeah I'm not really feeling up to it. And then he along with his bandmates. just tore liquor apart. Being there. Seeing videos of it afterwards. It was just insane. It was a really really fun show. And the one thing I picked up from both. This show and the show they did with Skindred. And this is probably going to sound like the most backhanded compliment ever, but I mean it with the utmost sincerity. Their bassist, Tom Britton, is the happiest little man I have ever seen. Like, there'd be times where we'd be watching uh, Borders play. And every every time, like the big chugging breakdown bit, you had um, Gavin... They're guitarist, headbanger, JJ, getting really into it. And then to the side, you had Tom just like swaying back inside. And it was fucking incredible. He's so much fun. Um, We were saying, because he's a short lad, we were basically saying that he was like a shorter emo Jason uh, Momoa. Which again, utmost sincerity, I thought he was great. And I knowing a couple of people in Deliverer. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and talking to them, they, they were nothing but positive about borders the entire time. Because obviously hanging out with them throughout the tour, they're all just lovely, lovely people. Um, and they can also play quite well and stuff. Um, both live and on record, their overall sound kind of caught me off guard. You go in, well, I went into it expecting just your box standard progressive metalcore kind of thing, um, with a hint of gentleness about it. Um, but then it just sort of switches to like rap verses and like little breaks here and there of JJ getting his rapping in and that's the point where in terms of that like breaking between chokes and riff and like spitting in that rap style in between very much remind me of TRC um, and I feel like I know very little about uh rap hip-hop and grime i'll happily admit to all of it to me the execution here is very uk grime like that's kind of what i'm picking up at it at least um i really enjoyed it's a weird thing to say i really enjoyed the backing vocals from gavin burton the guitarist and backing vocalist duh. i felt that he complimented and bounced off jj really really well and to describe his vocal style, it's more like a thrash metal snarl, which you've got JJ like doing growls and doing screams and then doing the um, the rapping. So he's a bit, bit more flexible with what he can and can't do. And then you've got Gavin, who's a bit more consistent with that thrash snarl. But I think it just really does like the power play between them does work super, super well. And the closest example I get is kind of, is it Sean from While She Sleeps? He can't do like the same sort of things as Loz, but what he does do, he does it so well. I've lost where I am. There we go. Um, The chorus to the song Wake Up, which is the second song on the album, it just sounds mammoth, those two working together and just exploding the entire way through. Bad Blood, sadly, isn't a Taylor Swift cover. I was very excited for it. It was not, I'm sad, but it's still fun. Um, the song itself, though, it does seem a little bit hero worship towards Parkway Drive, particularly on the chorus. Um, and i spotted it as well in Nothing to Lose, which, for modern metalcore bands, having Parkway as the go-to or as the comparison, I don't think is that bad. I think Parkway, apparently based on Parkway... After Bloodstock, apparently the Bloodstock performance was off the chart. It was fucking insane from all accounts. So I don't think, me personally, I don't think that comparison isn't ne- is a necessarily negative one, but it's comparison nonetheless. The there's a, a little occasional burst of speed in there as well. Demons Reach and Worlds Apart just pick up the pace, I'm fierce and. You know, like when it gets a little bit faster in metalcore, usually when it starts sounding a little bit more punk rock, and that's always what I'm going to go for. And if you want to go for the songs that go extra genty and extra thick with two Cs along that like weird choppy riff kind of sound, Damage Everything and Faded are your go-to for that. Um, And it's the last one. Yeah, last one. War, which is um, like track five. I don't think it was released as a single, but for me, "War" has the potential, or at least the blueprints, to be their biggest hit and such a fucking massive song for borders. Um, it's got a huge, huge chorus. There's a like the when it does um the line, "This is an information war." That dirty little riff on that, and like the I think it's post-chorus as well. Oh, it just tickles all your buttons, or. You know something that makes more sense. I just thought that song is fucking great. Um, throughout the album, and it, uh, it feels very like, what's the word? Very oxymoronic, I guess, to say it. But including, including war in there, the entire album does have a little bit of an issue of blending the rap and the metal together. Like, it's very stop starty I do don't think it's blended in very well. At the moment, it feels very much... Do this, then do this, then do that riff, then do this. Which, you know, it just... It doesn't really... Like I said, it doesn't really flow very well. Take TRC, Hacktivist, or even, like, Straight From The Path. The way they blend the rapping and the metal... In Straight From The Path, the rapping and the punk together it makes up more fluid, more dynamic rapcore kind of sound, and it's a seamless way that they do it. And if Borders want to go for that, which I, off the top of my head, I can't think of many bands who are blending rapcore with gent. so I think there's like a cool little niche in there that they are going in for. I think they they need to be looking at those sort of bands, like so TRC, Hacktivist, Straight From The Path, looking at how they write the songs to incorporate The music and the rap and the screams and the like back and growls and just the riffs in general see how they do it and just sort of like take inspiration from that that's my might be better feedback as it will um overall for an album that's full of gent and rap i actually grew to quite like this album um none of those things there are what i usually listen to not at all but i just think they've done it to Like a really catchy kind of way. Um, I've made the comparison to TRC a lot. I really like TRC. Again, it's not a thing. Like it's a weird one for me to enjoy. But the way they've done it. It's familiar. But they've got like their own little take on it as well. Which. Again. Oh, I'm still dying. I'm I'm so sorry. They do it very well. Um, I think one of the things as well that I've enjoyed. Is the fact that they are like in that gent kind of bubble they focus more on the music they focus more on being okay we've got this gent sound but we're at our core we're still metalcore and we've got like a little bit of rap in there as well and whatever but they've like this is that focus on the music there's no 10 minute section of just guitar pace wankery um they've made sure to make the the riffs that they have sound fucking heavy the choruses sound huge which is exactly what you want for metalcore and like I said, they played it out a little bit differently, which I've enjoyed, blending with those raps, those deathy, those gritty gritty kind of vocals for that almost like three-pronged attack for the album. And yeah, just to reiterate, if they blended in the rap and metal call together a little bit smoother, I think they could be really onto something. Like I said, I don't know much of the market for blending rap with gent. so who knows where to go from now. I really enjoy it if you can catch them live because I think they are I feel like I've seen them say they're going to do live shows again soon either, either way like keep an eye on them watch them live they bring a ton of fun to wherever they play um, if you are a fan of TRC I keep making that comparison Hacktivist as well and Parkway Drive do give them a listen they're from Lincoln as well makes them the best band in the world because Lincoln um, they are Borders and it is their debut album called Purify tis out now everything's out now because I don't get them pre-release but you know listen to it anyways it's fucking great Obviously, I can't hear me the same way y'all can hear me, but why does it sound like I've had a flu for like 20 years? I feel fine, but my throat sounds fucking despicable. Also, I feel like I'm rushing as well. I'm due to go to work in about half an hour, and I have not left myself enough time to properly think and go over my points well. I'm just rereading my notes really, really quickly and hoping for the best, so I'm sorry. Sorry to Borders, and I'm sorry to our next band that we're going to look at. It is Northlane, and their fifth album, Alien. Northlane, of course. The Sydney-based gent, progressive, metalcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was going to say Heartthrobs, and I don't know why. We'll stick with that. They could be Heartthrobs. Why not? And the Heartthrobs, their first release without bassist... Oh, fuck. Um, Alex Milovich. He's not the one I'm worried about. Um, having said that, it's report on a lot of things that their lead single which was Vultures and not Bloodline like I thought um Milovich is still present on next it was released sometime late last year. Um either way, for us of the album it was the all the bass was done by their new bassist That's the right sentence, right? Yeah. Um Brendan Pachisek. And I'm so sorry if I haven't got that right. You deserve more than that. Um, he formerly of the also me- Australian. Sure. Also of the metal core band, uh, structures. I've just fucking butchered all of that. And I'm so sorry. Maybe next time I w- might know how to word better. It's probably not true. North lane have always been a bit of a greatest hits band for me. Um, I really liked rot and quantum flux. I really enjoyed citizen as well from the previous album. Um, and I kind of enjoyed the Equinox EP that they did with In Heart's Wake. Um, but I've just never really properly gone in on them. And I, I don't think there's anything against Northlane themselves. I always made it my intention to go through Mesmer because it was a free release anyways. Um, yeah, I just don't know what it is that's... I think because Gent for me, as much as I always wanted to like Gent... It just never did it because kind of what i said in the borders review they a lot of gent bands just rely too much on look how many notes i can play in this small window so as much as i've always wanted to enjoy jen i've just never really touched it that much so alien then is the first album by Northlane i have properly had a look at and like re- probably gone in on and having said that i remember when Bloodline came out, and it's the first track from the album that really showcased that they were trying to move in a different direction, I thought Vultures was more powerful, of course, for what I know Northland to be. Bloodline was a huge difference, and I remember coming out at the time saying it sounds like a poor man's deft tones, which can maybe be considered a little bit mean, and that's fair. Um, this song, though, it kind of... Well, it has definitely grown on me. Um, Initially, I think I didn't like the drone of the I Was Raised in Hell part. That's Pit is like, I think that's the slowest part that's grown on me a lot. Um, And the more I listen to it, the more I realize they've done more than just a quota requirements for a standard gent song. You know, they've incorporated uh, more new metal bits in there, a lot of EDM in there. And overall, I just really like Marcus as vocalist. I know there's a lot of people who... like Overall, for, for North Lane, they were always the band that should have been. And I've heard a couple of podcasts say that as they were just about to maybe break that glass ceiling, the previous vocalist left, Marcus Bridge came in, they had to sort of rebuild, and they're still... For some people, they're still rebuilding. Um. Ah, it's difficult to well, there's arguments on both sides because although I think for over here, like in Blighty, there is was, there was definitely an argument for that. I don't think they were, I don't think many people as many people are talking about them as were before. But I've seen reviews for this album, a lot of them based back in Oz, and they fucking adore Northlane, um, especially Alien as well. Um, the EDM on Alien is it's what set this album apart from a lot of gem bands in my eyes and it's not just electronic core which you know is just a random sense over some plastic post-hardcore riffs which is just sounds like shit um it again like with the what borders should be doing it sounds more like an, or- an organic meld why was that so difficult Organic meld of the EDM and the traditional North Lane progressive metalcore kind of shtick. Um I feel like the EDM crosses more towards like the 90s big beat, like Prodigy kind of sound. Um Eclipse and Paradigm are the best example of this, as well as 4D. Um 4D, in fact, I think gets closer to you know our metal on Metalcore, on YouTube, there's just an endless sea of metalcore bands taking pop songs or taking dance songs and saying this is the screamo version or this is the metalcore version i almost feel like 4d is the other way around some pop artist has got hold of a metalcore song said so this is the pop version or this is the dance version and it's kind of weird it's kind of weird when you think when I, I i don't know if anyone else thinks that but when i see it when i see that in my head and every time i listen to 4d now i, I just can't shift it it's it's odd and i'm okay with it Um, And to go back to Eclipse, it kind of reminds me... Again, a weird thing to have pop in my head when I'm listening to the album. Eclipse kind of... Why? Why? Eclipse just reminds me of the rave scene from the second Matrix movie. Again, not sure anyone else is picking up on that, but that's just me. I like the underlying industrial sound that's playing in the distance pretty much the entire time. Um way back in the background of the album it just it boosts the wall of sound that they've created and it it's not a clean wall of sound anyway like i said it's more industrial than like the big beat or the edm that we talked about before it is a very low almost sounds like either a low static or when you've got when a a record like a vinyl record is finished and it's just at the end it's it's just that, that low rumble in the background you get me um, and as much as I enjoyed that I also really really enjoyed um, again weird thing Brendan's backing vocals again um, and similar to Gavin and the that I keep making the comparisons to the Boulders now maybe we should compare them to Northlane I thought they just supplemented Marcus really well and I feel like Brendan's got a bit more of like a punk rock kind of or like a hardcore punk kind of yelp which just makes just adds to that sound I guess it just gives it a bit a bit of a different sound whenever there's multiple people just screaming at me the album is very enjoyable and enjoyable enjoyable i just i just don't know what to do anymore um i think they've done a great job and there's a but i've found myself a lot with this album and I feel bad because all I keep thinking in my head now is a friend of mine from work adores North Lane. Like, he's already... Before he even came out, he was saying this is going to be his album of the year. And, you know, all play to him. He, I kept taking the piss out of him and he said it'd be the exact same thing as if Gallows released an album, to which I had to hold back tears and exclaim, yeah, but Gallows are never going to release a new album, are they? Um, I found myself a lot listening to Alien, comparing it to other bands, and when you are one album in, again, like the Northland album, the uh, Baldur's album, sorry, it's kind of more expected because you're a new band. You want to, like, try and emulate the bands that you like and things that you, like, you have that naivety going into the music industry. When you're five albums in, it should be less of that. You can easily say, like, oh, this can't, we listen to this and we kind of incorporated this hair and, you know, we try to get this idea and do that but i feel like there are whole songs that sound like rip-off of other bands it's not just like little bits here and there there's a whole chunks of this record um like Freefall reminds me well it sounds like to me an architect's tribute act paradigm reminds me of early 2000s lincoln park eclipse is probably the best song cross have done in about six years. And like 4D as well. Sounds a bit. It's got like the whistles Of Crossface as well. Again. Five albums. Like if you a brand new band. And you have a song that sounds exactly like another artist. People can say. Okay yeah. I can see what you're trying to do. You need to make it more your own. Um, and even like. Even if this. Obviously. North Lane's fifth album. If there was a little part that said. "I was Like kind of reminds me of Linkin Park. That's different because they've took an idea, they've incorporated their sound, but they have still made it their sound in amongst it all. Whereas this five albums in, they've got full songs that sound exactly like previous bands. I don't, th- I <laughs> a part of me thinks that it's to do with the fact that because they've gone so full hog on this electronica for this album, they are finding their own feet as much as like as much as it's a fun album, and there's a lot of people going absolutely fucking bananas over it. I don't think they've quite got that sound yet. I think they need to... I'll be intrigued to see what happens next. Like, having people who know what they're talking about, like not me, listening to them, getting more comfortable with what they can and can't do with EDM and what they want to do with EDM to make it a bit more their own thing. And... Blending it into a more original sound, I think. I know I say this a lot before, like, oh, next album's going to be great. I genuinely am intrigued by next album because I enjoyed Alien, despite... And I, again, I don't know if I enjoyed it because of the new things they're doing, or if it does remind me of all these nostalgia bands that I used to listen to, or still listen to, ish. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. I, It's hard to say, like, I hated it or I loved it because, you know... There's things that irk me about this album, and things that like I really enjoy about it. But again, really interested for how they progress with this new fangled sound. I'm really hopeful for them because I think Northlane do deserve to have a little bit more behind them because I think they get a raw deal from actual music critiques. And in terms of like gen as a whole i think they've done a lot better than most others so yeah i think i think they deserve a lot more and hopefully they should get it with either they might even get it with this one i might be completely off and i'll have an opinion of one which is fair enough but you got to have your opinions haven't you if you are if you've ever gone in on northlane before this is a very different way to start um i think overall if you're found a fan of sixth, I'd say give Northland a bash. Same with Protester Hero, except where Protester Hero do a lot of like high end, like licks and solos. Imagine that replaced by EDM, I guess. And also, I think between the Barry and me, especially the last two albums, which escaped my brain, and there's a part one, part two over the course of one year. They're both fucking great. Um, and I remember them having a bit more ideas in there so 6th Protester Hero and Between the Baron and Me if you ever go ever gone in on them but never North Lane you know, go for one, go to the other you know, expand horizons and yeah, let me know what people think because I think there's too much of everyone else in there not enough North Lane but again, might just be an opinion of one um, the album is called Alien it is their 5th album from the Aussie Aussie Boys and, yeah, I, I have nothing else to follow on from apart from the last album. And we are staying in Australia for the last album. And, again, it's album number five for Thy Art is Murder, the death chord titans, as it were. Um, the album is called Human Target and is their first album with their brand-new drummer, Jesse Beeler, formerly of Jungle Rot. Um, he is coming in in place of their founding drummer, who left last year, Lee Stanton. Similar to Northlane, Die Art Murder has always been a band that I've never been able to quite get. Um, I thought Holy War and Dear Desolation were fun, but overall they're not massively memorable. Again, more of a greatest hits band to me. Um, But I've always wanted to get into Die Art. I've heard so much about them. Everyone's always so high on them. And it is a continuation of the Descal Sound that is good. Because they do the correct thing of prioritising death metal over the hardcore, breakdown, fucking witty diddly bits. And more of that, they prioritise songwriting over playing really, really quickly. You know, it's not a case of, here's one riff, isn't it cool? Here's another. Look how fast we can play. Thy art riffs flow so fucking well one after another. And it's especially apparent on here, and I think... I've like singled out a few like individual parts for what I think makes that like blend really well. Overall, I think everyone has such an incredible part to play in making it sound like so fluid. Like Beeler has done a great job on drums, like transitioning from one to the other. Um, Marsh and Delanda do really great on guitars. Obviously, Marsh just has some incredible leads in there with. Delando teaming up with Butler for those like, low-end kind of rhythm sections. And then you've also got CJ, who's one of the best extreme vocalists and extreme front men going at the moment. I just think overall, their songwriting capabilities of Thy Art is just... It's top tier, man. It's really, really amazing. Um, the album is the it's kind of the core concept of what I know Thy Art to be. A pissed-off, insanely groovy low-end barrage of riffs matched only by CJ's cynicism and criticisms of the world. Uh, The slab of riffs that open the album on the title track properly gears you up for everything that's about to come. And the intensity that CJ puts into some of those vocal lines just makes you want to fist the pavement. It's so brutal. The um, line, something, something, surgical position, where he goes up really low end, almost like mumble, growl, growl. Oh, it's good. It's so good. Just, just scream at my face. Oh, something. Um, Death Squad Anthem is probably my favourite song of the album. It is a fierce, fierce bombardment of aggression. And Eye for an Eye is just a rampaging hailstorm of double kick bass and a massive, fucking huge chorus. That's got this like quietly, like melodic lift playing over the top. And I just eye for an eye, like I initially, because I'm always like expecting, like I know what they are all about, and so I'm expecting like low end, gruffing vocals and angry wrists and yada yada. To hear that, where they've got like not quite stadium, no, but like venue size choruses that just explode in. It's like it kind of did, like surprise me. Uh, it's a good surprise. I like. Well, I don't like surprises, but I like surprises like this. And f- like from my limited experience of Die art that I have, I can recognise that this, like this song, "Eye for an Eye," and just the al- I feel like the album in general does seem to have a slightly wider appeal than previous efforts. Um, and I think the only way that they're achieving this is getting songs like "Eye for an Eye" to work. Um, and I think the only way songs like Ifra and I work, and that I think by that I mean big sounding songs that still adhere to that deathcore label and a deathcore vibe that they have become so, so known for, a lot of it is down to the production job of um, Will Putney. I feel like I've gone on about Will a lot, but he is... Just insane. He's worked with Die Out before. He's worked with north lane Every time I die, not loose, upon a burning body. He is like if I see his name attached to any album, I'm so into looking at it and having a listen. I think he is just modern day production is like he is one of the best mo- uh, modern producers. What I'm trying to say, if words ever fucking worked. Um, and yeah, his work on here, working with Thy Art, I think has just been a fucking incredible feat. Um, overall, Human Target is not breaking any ground. It is everything you would expect, bar maybe the chorus to i for an Eye, but everything else is very death-metally over hardcore deathcore. Um, something that Thy Art have been doing so well for so many years. And I think that's what makes Thy Art such a great band is... This is a Deathcore record. You know exactly what to expect from a Deathcore record, but the quality is so high. And you're not faulted at all. It's just is great because Die Art is great. You know? If you are a fan of Whitechapel, or Black Dahlia Murder, or Fit for, tro- fit for an Autopsy, I think the more. The more party end of. Deathcore and somehow you haven't gone in on Die Out is Murder already Definitely go and do it. It'd be worth it. Even with a squeaky chair. Um and yeah, like I said, Die Out is Murder, the album is called Human Target, it's their fifth album and Yeah, I don't think anything more fucking Why? Why? Why can I not talk today? I feel like it's because I'm in a rush and my old my own body can smell my fear. Um, from that then, so we've got our actual albums up the way. There's only one more to go. And then I might be able to talk like a human and then go to work. And fucking yay. I shouldn't be recording this. I need to go to work in about two minutes. It's going to be fun. The open mic album for this week is Calculating Infinity. It's a debut album from Dillinger Escape Plan. The Morris Plains, New Jersey based math sensations. They hung up their time signatures is it two years ago now fuck and left a lasting legacy about how to do the math core and it all started here in 1999 i was five years old how lovely um i'm a big fan of dillinger especially one of us as a killer and disassociation um i got into them from one of us is the killer which i think might be like i've been told by well i've read and heard from a few podcasts it's probably the, the lowest not lower. they're one of the bands where they never have a bad album they just have a slightly weaker one and that is a slightly weaker one so to get into them based on what's arguably their worst album i think that says that's a pretty good indictment of dillinger to be honest um But I feel like Calculating Infinity has a, it's a lot rawer kind of sound than the Dillinger I know. It's more, I feel like it's more on par, it's got more in common with Grindcore. Um, Latter-day Dillinger is produced at such a high standard with more experiments, um, with effects and even more electronics that are already on here. Um, They are a hundred times more prominent compared to on here and obviously as with anything time just makes them better songwriters because they know what works and what doesn't work um but overall yeah probably a bit more close to grindcore on this because it is just a mad mad barrage of sound and trying to imagine the landscape the musical landscape of 1999 you know we're just getting out of grunge and um, we've got the rise of new metal the continuation of pop punk gearing more towards a very pop pop punk thanks to like to the likes of uh, Blink-182, uh, mainstream music is going back to the days of boy bands and pop stars, it is a very odd time for music, and then you'll have an album like this, which is technically deranged, it's horrifically beautiful, and it just, it slams, and it's just fucking, it just must have been so fucking weird to have that like even just general alternative music fans going about the day and then hear calculating infinity must have just been an entirely different world to them um the opening riffs of Sugarcoated sour really do wake you up that high-end jitter into the explosion of chris penny's drums and dimitri midikaki's uh shrieks and from there you're into 43% burnt which is just it's just another level for songs um, it's that two-headed attack of high and low-end riffs, and that repeated scream of "You're so beautiful" by Dimitri is just fucking chilling. It's serial killer like. It's fucking great, and the little quirks and little intricacies that I kept finding more and more listening to this album. It's one of those albums where each time you listen to it, you hear something new. Like even just like re-listening it to do the notes for the review hearing those little electronic pulses in sugarcoat sour, where it just adds to the sound of the album and of the song. I particularly like the steel guitar. I think it was a steel guitar in the running board. It's like... Din-a, din-a, and it just goes into this, like, really more chill, not quite ambient, but ethereal, I guess. Sure, why not? Um... Then, yeah, I just like, it's such a cool sound to have in an otherwise, like, manic and extreme environment. And what I found quite interesting, and I don't know if it's interesting or just me having a duh, but I did hear little previews and little ideas that I think they would expand upon in later um, Dead Ninja releases. They were just, like, tucked away throughout the album. Um, the start of the title track kind of reminded me of Black Bubblegum. The aggression in the last 30 seconds of Jim Fear brings up limerent death memories. And I couldn't find it, but there's a few times where I've been walking around and listening to the album and there's something, something, a song or a part or a chorus or anything that reminds me of Unretrified. I spent 10 minutes last night l- looking for it, just going over each song and like fast forwarding it, no, fast forwarding it, no, fast forwarding it, no. Constantly, it drove me fucking insane, but I cannot find the song I was thinking of. Guarantee when I listen to it, just casually, I'll find it and fucking kill myself. But something in there reminds me of Unrectified. This is like, Calculating Infinity is just musical insanity. And it's baffling how they wrote this. It's like on par with the Converge style of um songwriting. Just. Everything is there for a reason. Everything exists because not like on purpose. But how do you think of that? How do you think of putting those little electronic pulses in the back? How do you think of having like the screeching guitarists and then a steel guitar just to like cool everything down again? Like what goes on in their minds or do we want to know? Because it might be terrifying. Um, Overall, I found this a lot. I found it more. Albums like this, you're never going to get it on the first high. At least I fucking didn't, and I don't know many people who could. It is. It is difficult, but I found it. I found myself liking it more. I found myself liking it quicker than I did Converge or Every Time I Die. I don't know if that's because listening to them, they've kind of like got me used to the more chaotic, cathartic kind of sound and music. But I found Calculating Infinity was more digestible than, what was it, Jane Doe and Low Teens. And I think I think a lot of it as well is to do with the production. The, like, bee's nest of noise that is Dillinger as a concept. The production just allows you to hear every single note. And I think it was like a joint... Yeah, It's Ben Wyman, who obviously was the guitarist in the band, who has come to be known as someone who knows his shit. Uh, Chris Penny, the drummer, and Steve like That three-pronged attack for production have made it sound so fucking good that you can hear everything. Like like I said, the more you listen to it, the more you find out what they've put in and what they've taken out and yada yada. Um, If you're a fan of any kind of technical music, I think you should be getting on this. It is... People who know more than I do have been going on about this album for years. It's 20 years old and they still... Go on about calculating infinity. So, hopefully, you don't need me to tell you that Dillinger Escape Plan were one of the best bands just ever. They were so. They're a band that I never saw live, and I don't think I was ever going to see live because they were just live. They are a completely different animal—an animal, adoptive an animal an word. Um, but to see them go, and they've gone—they've gone on their own terms. They've gone happy on their own terms as well. It's bittersweet, but bands has got to do what bands has got to do. In terms of the lineup for those album, so didn't just changed a lot since um, Calculate Infinity came out. So the lead vocalist for the album, uh, Dimitri Midikakis, he left very amicably in 2001 to focus on his family life and his budding graphics art career. He remained very good friends with members of the band, including his replacement, Greg Preciado. Over the years, he even came back and collaborated... With the album, with the, sorry, he collaborated with the band a few times. He's um, provided artwork and he even guested on a couple of albums and a couple of live shows. Um, after this, he did perform in the short lived bands Tokyo as well as Argonauts. Ben Weidman stayed with the band to the very, very end of time. I think he was the only one to do that as well. He performed guitars and bass on the album. Their original bassist, whose name was. Adam Doll, um, he was in a car accident, I believe it was, just before the, they, they started recording and couldn't perform on the album. He eventually did came back on a future album, played the keyboards. So it was really good to see him like eventually get his name on a Dillinger album. But Ben providing guitar and bass. he Like I said, he stayed with the, with the band to the very, very end. He is currently a member of the Supergroup Graf. T- Graf? What the fuck is that? Giraffe Tongue Orchestra with members of Mastodon, The Mars Volta, As and Chains and Death Clock. Uh, the other guitarist in the band, Brian Benoit, he came in partway through the album and sort of like added like an extra little pop to the awful songwriting. He left after Miss Machine, which came out in 2004 after unfortunately developing some nerve damage in his hands. He's done a couple of live appearances here and there, but they've always said that he had a place in the band anyways, which is always nice. It's just Dillinger, just good dudes. And finally, Chris Penny, he would leave in two thousand seven and he would go on to join Cody in Cambria. And was there part of them for four years. It was a weird legal thing for the first album he was a part of. He had to, he could he was allowed to write the like the write the drum parts for the album. I can't remember which album it was. But he wasn't allowed to actually perform it because of, I imagine, some record legalities. So they had Foo Fighters, um, Foo Fighters drummer Tyler Hawkins come in and do it instead. So you, for a and Canberra album, you had the Foo Fighters drummer playing the parts done by the former Dangerous playing drummer for and camera which I feel like it's a pub quiz in there. Pub quiz question somewhere in there. Um, it's hard for me to say for fans off because, like I said, technical any kind of technical music that you're fond of, Give any iteration of Dindra a go. If you don't want to go straight into this very raw, very aggressive side of them, you're struggling. Um, I started with One of Us as the Killer, which I've been told, or read, sorry, is more um, probably like the weakest out of their entire discography, even though it's still brilliant. Miss Machine, I think, has more experimentation on there if you want, like it to go not only technical but a bit more out there. And yeah, I think that's all. I've got to say about Dangerous Band's debut album, Calculating Infinity, for Open Mic, which I'm thinking might be... I, I think I will be retiring Open Mic for a while. Um, Biggest part of that is it's always fun to go back and listen to albums. album. He, if it's a... If it's like a more underground kind of album, like Cars on Fire or Hawkeyes and that kind of thing, they are albums that I grew up with, and I thought were just brilliant, and I didn't hear enough people talking about them at the time or since. If it's more of a major album, such as Calculating Infinity, Low Teens, Jane Doe, etc., I they they're bands. Well, they're, sorry, the albums that I never listened to, and this is like my chance to go back and a discover albums that. Are huge in music and be just sort of like I think initially I thought it was like a really cool idea to look at albums like major albums for the first time if that makes sense Um, and the one thing I found is every single album I'm always very positive about there's no real conflict because I'm looking at albums who are guaranteed because everyone keeps going on about guaranteed to be fucking brilliant so without that conflict and without that, like, difference, and a lot of the time I feel like I'm just reiterating what everyone else has said for the past 5, 10, 15 years. I am... Um, yeah, for now, for now at least, I reckon I'll be dropping open mic going forward. I... More than happy If anyone got those ideas, as a replacement, social medias are at Desolation Pod. Let me know what you what you'd like instead or if you do want to continue with mic anyways because it is again a lot of the time it's an album that everyone's already familiar with but it's me experiencing it for the first time there might be something new in there or might be interesting to have like a first time listener input but let me know i don't really know what people think about any of this i don't even know anyone listens who knows um otherwise I can't think of anything for the meantime so i reckon just be an extra album but each time i'm gonna try and cater that fourth album review to a slightly smaller band i was hoping to find bands that got like less than a thousand likes or some shit like that on facebook but that takes a lot of work to find so just lower bands i don't feel like a lot of people talk about trying to get a little bit exposure for them and see how that goes but otherwise if you've got any segment ideas or anything you want to see from me or like if this if this had a bigger following, I'll definitely say like a user, but a user, fucking hell, a listener request, and I'll definitely blast with them. But any ideas you have, come and chat to me. Make sure I'm not talking to myself alone. Um, at Desolation Pod, did uh, fucking hell? i was so close, so close to the end. At Desolation Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the rest of it. But until next time, this has been a very rushed and very fucking shitty episode of Desolation Sounds Podcast. You've had reviews for Borders, North Lane, Die as Murder, and Digital Escape Plan, as well as some news from the likes of uh, Palm Reader, Slipknot, Pine and Conjurer, Mayhem, and Babby Metal. And hopefully, um, yeah, I'm pretty confident you'll see me next week as well. Which, will have Who am I got next week? Of course. Next week is the Slipknot album. How exciting. There'll also be album review for Volbeat and Jeffrey Palmer, and because I made the decision to get rid of open mic quite late in the week, I don't know who the fourth album is yet. Um, but we'll see. It's an excitement time for everyone. So until next week, I might learn how to talk. It's unlikely with 30 episodes in and I still can't fucking say anything. Bye.